Hello and welcome to episode 721 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, July 30th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, and I'm joined by Justin Mason. Justin, what's going on, brother? Already? Already. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, Paul. Literally just checked. You've just traded. Ah, who'd I get traded for and where? Uh, Actually, you're going to be DFA'd. That's so, fair. Yeah. Um, That's fair. Yeah, it, uh, it, I'm sorry. It, it's it's time to happen. We're bringing up Alex Chamberlain. Ah, oh, uh, that's a great call. Yeah, you know. You have ten days to work on a deal. Hopefully, I don't have to go to the miners. Yeah, no. Uh, I I think you can opt out. I think I'm gonna. I think you've been in the I'll league long agent. enough. Yeah. yeah, to just kind of. I'll just become. Agent. Yeah, decline the assignment and, and, and dealing just with move this on. shit. Yeah, yeah. So. happening. Uh, well, more trades than are what's going on in the league right now, and it really just kind of keeps crawling along. And it's been pitcher centric. We had the the Cashner Bailey moves, dead, 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 and then the Stroman Lyles Vargas moves that kind of popped some things off a little bit, and we thought were or we hoped were kind of setting the spark, but uh, definitely have not. It's really looking like this is in fact going to come down to a last-minute situation. Let's talk briefly about those trades. They're a little bit older or or inconsequential now, so we don't want to go too deep on them. Uh, but Marcus Stroman to the Mets, were you as taken aback as, as I think most folks were when you first saw <laughs> that it was going to be the Mets? I thought it was a joke, honestly. It, it seemed like that. Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I know there's this talk about, oh, they're trying to, like, you know water down the market or something yeah that's that's not that's not where i go yeah and i i didn't like it initially again i i was mets are gonna mets haha they're dumb i thought the price was too good to pass up though yeah no i I agree i mean it's not like the mets had to give up a ton uh, in order to get him he still got another year uh under contract uh at a fairly affordable price especially considering what he's doing it's a pretty good landing spot in terms of, you know, we were talking about we need to get him off of turf and in a, True. a, a, kind of a, a larger stadium. Uh, he gets to move to the NL where he's never pitched before, so guys will have not helps. seen him. And uh, the pitcher. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of like it for his fantasy value. It's the only, a weird move on the Mets, but whatever. The only downside is uh, with the with getting off the turf – their defense is somehow actually worse than Toronto's. So that might <laughs> mitigate some of the turf help. I do hope that maybe they get a little bit more forward thinking about their defense next year and so that that season uh, has an infield that's that's more capable of turning all those ground balls into outs. You know, it's Alonzo Cano, Rosario, Frazier. There's definitely going to be some changes there. I thought Rosario and Alonzo would be the two that stick and then maybe second and, and third get figured out. Obviously, Cano's still under contract, so we'll see what happens there. But then I had somebody tell me that uh, the Mets are talking about moving Ahmed Rosario to the outfield. Now, I haven't been able to find anything that confirms that, but I'd that'd be interesting. something about that, too, which I don't necessarily – I mean, I guess they really do need a center fielder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing. I'm seeing the articles now. It's just a little bit older as far as the news goes, but it is from just a couple weeks ago that uh, it's very much in the realm of possibilities. It wouldn't be a this year. You know, it's not going to be while we're uh, finishing up this season, but an off season sort of thing. So that would give them the opportunity to go get a a very much uh, glove first shortstop 
to parlay the heavy ground ball lean of Marcus Stroman into more outs. So I would like that. So all in all, I didn't hate it for them. They do give up Anthony Kay and Simeon Woods-Richardson. Uh, Woods-Richardson's 18-year-old, you know, solid body, big arm, Texan, hard thrower, you know, all that stereotype stuff of, of a big arm like that. But he's 18, so he's kind of the he's kind of the lottery ticket. Anthony Kay is the more established guy. He's 24. He beasted in double-A to really start moving up prospect lists, but then he's been absolutely obliterated in triple-A. Probably a bit unlucky for as bad as it's been. You, you would think that he's better than this. But Anthony Kay, I think, kind of gave away the goodwill that he earned in double-A because he was also 24 doing that. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Kay or Woods Richardson? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he has been beating around quite a bit, especially with the home run ball in AAA. But, I mean, he's going to Toronto in a live ball era. So it's it's not like that isn't going to be a problem if and when he gets the majors. Uh, he should right. get some sort of taste probably in September. Uh, I, I don't know that this is a great solution uh, for him long term. Uh, Simeon Woods Richardson is kind of the interesting guy. I think, you know, from what I understand, he really needs to kind of develop a third pitch. Correct. Uh, and kind of rein in the command. But the, the kind of early results have been somewhat promising. So, I mean, it's a nice little lottery ticket. Uh, I don't understand the move from Toronto's perspective. Typically, you wait towards, like, the last you know bit of the deadline so you can get your best possible deal. And I just can't imagine this was the best possible deal on the market. I I, I think it probably was, though. I, I, I so? We do this a lot with trades. Are they not doing their due diligence? Like, why would they make a trade if there was an obviously better one available? I think in the end, there were probably similar packages. And maybe you or I would favor a different duo yeah, of maybe. prospects because of what, what we feel about them. But in the end, I'm still going to defer to the team, even if I don't fully agree on them, because they've done a hell of a lot more research than me. So I just think it's difficult to say like there had to be something better, because it's not like they haven't been shopping Stroman forever. This did not come about out of nowhere. So my guess is they really favor Kay and or Woods Richardson. They like the fact that they have somebody who can contribute next year and somebody that they, they can build on. And I've said this a lot. I, I did some radio spots yesterday. Woods Richardson definitely has that feel of somebody that we forget about for three years. And then he pops up as a big-time prospect. And we say, remember when the, the Blue Jays got him? And we kind of were like, what did they get? Nothing. Like, he could be that guy. Like, there really is a, a, a bit of potential there that they could develop and uh, turn him into something there. So we'll see how it goes. This um, is, I think, one of the reasons. You know, We'll talk about this a little, little bit with the next two guys. But also when we get kind of into our, uh, our next segment after the transactions uh, about why guys won't move, it's yes. because of returns like this. There are going to be teams like my Giants that go, what's the point of selling if this is what I'm going to get for Madison Bumgarner or Will Smith or, yep. or whatever? Uh, and you know, I think we're definitely going to see some big names move, but just not quite as many as maybe we thought we were originally. I think that's right, and I think you hit on a great point about you know if these are the returns that we all thought this could have been better. There's a good chance that we were just we're just wrong too, especially from the outside looking in, saying well Stroman has to bring back something more than that. It's like nope. So then what the heck is a rental of Zach Wheeler going to generate? Uh, the other two deals that did go were Jordan Lyles to the Brewers for Cody Ponce and Jason Vargas to the Phillies for a, a catcher named Austin Bossart, which is a cool last name B O S S A R T. But uh, he's a 25-year-old non-prospect 
catcher who's repeating double A. So not really too worried about that. And Cody Ponce looks like maybe a reliever. So let's focus on Lyles to the Brewers, Vargas to the Phillies. Um, with Lyles, I mean, just the recent history has been absolutely awful and completely blown up. What was a pretty solid season? He'd been pitching quite well, More but than then the solid. I mean, yeah, it was he, damn. He good. was like cruising for my Tout Wars pitching staff. Yep. And then and, uh, it's just I have them everywhere, dude. Good. Oh my god, I have them everywhere. Yeah, me too. And it's just, I mean, at least in my mixed leagues, I was able to cut bait pretty quickly when it started to go sour. But you know, in a twelve-team NL only, like you can't really cut them. Can't like I wait. Mean, I can, mean, especially I should have. Yeah, but you don't expect three seven-plus run performances in four starts. You know, the Cubs happened to him back-to-back. They put 14 earned on him in four and two-thirds, the second of those being a two-thirds outing. Like, that's all he went was the two-thirds. Then he dominates against Philly, so you're like, okay, back on track, only to be uh, pummeled yet again, this time by St. Louis. It was eight runs, but only five were earned in an inning and two-thirds. Long ball's absolutely killing him. Uh, for Jordan Lyles, so that definitely 12, makes 12 going home to, runs in his last eight starts. I mean. That's so bad. That makes going to Milwaukee nerve-wracking without a doubt. I will say this, though. I, I was concerned because with the trade, you never know how quickly they're going to transition the guy and bring him in. If they had needed some extra time, they faced the Cubs on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I was like, do not make that guy face the Cubs again. Please, <laughs> please do not. They did get him into the Oakland series. Looks like he's slated to go on Wednesday. I think at best, at best this is a neutral move for Lyles if, if we're going to assume that he's not as bad as as he has been in July then he's probably what a 420 pitcher with a better chance at some wins because the team's better but the park's worse I don't know that he's a 420 pitcher is, is my is my fear I think he's probably more like a 450 uh, okay. or even closer to five and so it's if the strikeouts remain at 25% or better, I could take the 450. I can take baseline quality yeah, starts all day. I'm in man only, but I'm also not I'm I'm not going to be like I'm not streaming him this week even if though it's in mm-hmm. Oakland or uh looking to stream him in the future. I'm I'm just He does have a two start next week. Would you have any interest in uh, a return a return to Pittsburgh for Jordan Lyles and then home against Texas? A gallowless uh, Texas, by the way. No, Pittsburgh's been really, really good at home. Um, and Texas is still Texas. At least it's in Milwaukee. But again, that's not a great park either. It's just not Texas. Um, so, yeah, that's Jordan Lyles. Again, I really don't think it does too much to his value. It certainly doesn't help it. You can't really carve a case out where it helps it because the only thing it helps is potential wins for Jordan Lyles. But everything else around it uh, is a little bit worse. Jason Vargas to Philly. You know, he was having a great season for expectations of him and just in general. Like, obviously, you you have no expectations of Jason Vargas. How many of us have streamed against him this year, or stacked against him, I should say, in DFS, (laughs) only to watch him put up one of his gems, of which there have been quite a few. Shut out versus my Giants. Yeah, no, I, I remember stacking against him there. And, and like, um, you know, he's got, let's see here, 11 starts of two or fewer earned. And even the fact that a handful of them are fewer than five innings, you still didn't get the DFS goodness that you were hoping for. Um, unless the bullpen, you know, gave it away later, which is likely with the with the Mets team. But uh, he's only allowed more than four earned once this year. Now, the two times that he allowed four earned for Vargas was in a third of an inning. 
and a one-inning relief outing on April 9th. So it's been bad, but he really hasn't had blow-ups. The worst outing this year is a five-inning, six-run outing at Miami, which you definitely would have taken on the chin if you were streaming him because that happened on July 12th, and we already had an idea that Vargas was doing pretty well. So that probably pissed some folks off for sure. Do you have any interest in, in continuing to use Vargas as a streamer in Philadelphia? No, absolutely not. Uh, in New York this year, his home ERA, 2.93 on the Big road, split. 5. Yep. Yeah. I, That's it. Yeah. And, and Philly's tough. Yep. More home runs, uh, you know, a bunch more home runs. I think four more given up on the road in just about the same amount of innings uh, this year. It just you know, strikeouts down on the road. So he gets out of what is a pretty nice park in New York, moving to a hitter one in Philadelphia just spells a lot of bad things. Uh, you know, I mean, I think these moves are kind of crappy for fantasy, but again, I think it just highlights that some of these competing teams don't want to spend money. And this, these are the kind of guys are going to go after because they don't want to spend money. Well, they just want to get innings and see if they can spike something. I mean, you look at, again, what Jordan Lyles did before July. We've talked about this before. If a team thinks they, they have a tweak, they have a solution, then they're buying very low on a guy who could end up being a sub-4 ERA for them. And with Vargas, it's a clear innings eater thing because, I mean, right now they're running out Velasquez, Andrew, Smiley. They need somebody who can eat innings. And when Jason Vargas is healthy, uh, which he is right now, he can eat, eat up some innings and hopefully not at too detrimental of a rate like last year's 577 ERA. But I agree for the most part these are, uh, again, neutral at best moves for their fantasy outlook, probably leaning a little bit worse than they were before they were traded. Let's talk a few transactions here uh, with the Cleveland Indians looking at getting some pitching back. Corey Kluber is going to throw a sim game on Saturday, and Danny Salazar is going to debut as an opener on Thursday. Um, Kluber obviously not available, so there's nothing like super actionable there. What kind of expectation do you have for Kluber the rest of the year? Are you, are you thinking that once he's back, I've got Corey Kluber, and, and yes, I got my ace back, muted ace, or more of, of this year, uh, which was pretty pedestrian with a 580 ERA, and even the 407 FIP would be a lot worse than you expected from Kluber. So what's your last two months' expectation here? Mm, I think I would say he's a muted ace, you know, with obvious potential to go, you know, far one way or the other i mean he could easily Mm -hmm. be one of the best pitchers in baseball or he could be what we saw so i think uh, you know i'm just kind of kind of fence it and say that i think he probably could put up uh like a three four three five era uh for 40 innings um and hope that i get more out of him uh yeah i think that's fair with for kluber um Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Obviously, like I said, not a whole lot that's actionable here. If you've been right, you should have been riding it out in, in an IL spot with Kluber. You get him back in, and hopefully you get some goodness out of that. Danny Salazar, a guy I've fallen for many a time, but I'm going to stay strong this year. I want to see. I, I I don't care. You know, if, if someone beats me because they, they get some good innings out of him, hats off. I'm going to be watching and, again, pulling for him. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, but I have no expectation for the rest of 2019 for Salazar. I'd just like to see him throw some nice innings and be ready to be a, a piece again perhaps next year. What do you think about Danny Salazar? Are you taking a similar outlook or something different? Mm, I'm going to get Gosman here, aren't I? I'm just <laughs> going to get sucked back yep. in. Uh, yep. Man, so far like seven innings, I think. Or sorry, 17 innings in the minor leagues. 
uh, 2.6 ERA, 28 strikeouts in those 17 innings. They're they're building him back up to, you know, kind of actually produce innings. Uh, and mm-hmm. so far, he hasn't. God, you are selling yourself so hard on I this. I am. Dude. Like I, I, dude, I love Danny Salazar, and hey, I, just, I, I share your affliction. I really do. And the, there's no price to buy back in. Like, That's true. Um, and there's, and there's some, some there's leagues. Some Oh, go ahead. You still can't. You can still get him too because he's uh-huh. been like a sneak pickup for some folks, but he's still going to be available. Danny Salazar will still be out there, and uh, you know if he if he is flashing mid to high nineties and gets four or five strikeouts in like two innings, Only that price is going to skyrocket. In seventeen innings this year. Stop trying to convince me to go pick it's, him up in one of the few leagues it's, that yeah, um, he's still available. Only one Stop. wild pitch in the seventeen innings. Justin Mason, stop. I don't want to pick him up. I want to quietly root for him, hope he does something good, and then get him for $2 Come next Oh, man. You know you want some. I, I do. I do. The first, but, the, yeah, the first hit was free when he had 52 innings of a 312 ERA back in uh, 2013. But you've been charging me for all these other I ones. Uh, and it's a bad rate. It seems so weird that he hasn't pitched since er, Two in, years. In the majors. Yeah, since 2017. Uh, yeah. But even when he struggled then, like he, you know, you got like a 428 ERA. But man, those strikeouts! 145 in 103 innings. Oh, 33% strikeout rate. It just was uh, so beautiful. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna buy back in because there's no there's no cost associated with it. So if okay. it, if it doesn't work, whatever. Uh, but I mean, he has the ability to be a game changer down the stretch and. I mean, how many guys are you picking up off the wire for free right now uh, that have that ability? That have like a decent probability for it. I feel you. Would you? Uh, here's one. Would you cut Chris Archer to pick up Danny Salazar? Yes. Dude, I kind of think I would too because <laughs> you know you look. Obviously, this isn't the worst year for Archer, and he hasn't done what what Salazar did in his worst year. And uh, you know that's not like a fair comparison or whatever. We'll see what Salazar can do. It might just be a couple innings at a time, but right now people are putting in stopgap innings. They're getting the hot relievers out there, um, you know, and just trying to get some quality innings with strikeouts uh, instead of taking the beatings of mid and low tier starters who who are streamable. So again, I'll be praying for, hoping that Salazar can go off, but I'm not personally picking him up. But you did make a compelling case, especially in deeper leagues. So just throw a couple bucks or two. Just to see, or three, and you know, just to see what you might be able to get out of Danny Salazar. Uh, all right, last bit here. I want to talk about catcher Will Smith. Obviously, we have two Will Smiths going right now in the same division, one pitcher, one catcher. But the catcher has really emerged this year. You know, he came into the season with prospect hype, but Austin Barnes, someone that we love, uh, you know, was was kind of reestablishing his hype as somebody that's finally going to break out because the Osmani Grandal's gone and. What a piece of garbage he's been offensively, not as a person. I don't know, Austin Barnes, but uh, he's been brutal. So he got sent out, and Will Smith has jumped over Kybert Ruiz and become the guy that they want there. And so now he's going to be the the starting catcher. And um, it's not I, – I use kind of a difference between starting and full-time with catcher. For me, full-time catcher is like six days, one off. 
with a starting catcher, it's almost like a 4-3-5-2. It's just a little bit of a different thing. And then, of course, a platoon would be more of like a 4-3-3-4 sort of deal. But but Will Smith's going to get the majority. So how do you feel about the young 24-year-old catcher who's obviously shown out in his limited 40-plate appearance sample so far? I feel a little disappointed in the fact that we haven't gotten a Will Smith versus Will Smith matchup. It's kind of crazy, right? Yeah. You, you would you would hope. I mean, I guess he's only been there for forty plate appearances, and, and the, the Giants don't he, beat the Dodgers much, so it's not like <laughs> so they're not the closers winning in, in the ninth. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that that's a problem. But uh, I mean, outside of that, he's been very very impressive. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually picked him up in a trade in a dynasty league trade uh, earlier this year, and uh, I'm now playing him over Yadier Molina. Yeah, uh, which is something I don't think I would have ever thought was possible uh, coming into the season. Uh, you know, he's got an impressive swing, um, and he makes a lot of contact. Uh, I know the the BABIP right now is, is super inflated, and that's going to come sure. down. And but I still think he's probably a top five to seven catcher rest of the way. See, that's something that our boy Vlad Settler was saying. Oh, nice. Saying, like, there's just not many catchers. Like, I think he listed, like, seven that he would lock down, take over Smith right now as he was promoting him as somebody you must get. We've talked about on the show before, terrified of rookie catchers. And I really try to, you know, be careful with that. Danny Jansen was somebody I really jumped in on coming into this year, and I didn't even get the good run that he did. Has, I think he's fallen back off, by the way, right? Yeah, yeah. Jan- I, ju- I just caught him in my main yeah. event. Like he completely went back after that that little flurry. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm nervous here. Like I understand the excitement, but golly, with rookie catchers, I just here, here's the thing, though. I mean, similar to Jansen in the sense that. He's got the role at least. We're not worried about him. You know, they sent out us in Barnes. Russell Martin's just there to you know give veteran leadership and, and you know play versus the occasional lefty like he is today. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like some of the things he's doing are super impressive. More impressive than his fifty-two percent hard contact percentage is his twelve percent soft contact percentage. Wow. So he, he he smokes the ball. Will Smith regularly smokes the ball and just doesn't uh, – That that's barreling and obviously um, not, really well, almost, not ever getting beat. Almost 90% zone contact percentage for catcher. That's pretty crazy. And, and then he's making super hard contact. <laughs> so. I guess if, if we're going to keep the Jansen comp kind of flowing though too because um, part of the reason I bought in on Jansen – I didn't treat him like a normal regular catcher because he came up last year and had that that end-of-season flourish. So maybe Will Smith rides it out the rest of the way here as a really strong asset, and then maybe next year is when I should peel back when that first full year really hits and things start to get more complicated and difficult. And Charlotte agrees. Yeah, she no. says that she's going to go for Will Smith. First Shut rounder, up. Will Smith, Charlotte. Yeah, no, I, sorry, I, get, sorry, I get it. Sorry. You can't take him in the first round. It's a terrible pick. Okay, she finally shut up. Now there's some dog <laughs> going crazy out there. So her, the, her power move, she's so tough. Bork and run over to me and, and then continue to bork from the sidelines. I'm currently like, trying to talk my wife into uh, letting me I get a dog. I heard so, about this. Yeah, and she's I very it. angry at me because I uh, just brought it up randomly at dinner uh, in and front of our out, eight, right? eight, almost yes. nine-year-old. <laughs> that was very shifty of you. Yes. Uh, you're a genius, but you're also an idiot because you got yeah. yourself in trouble, sure. but you still laid the right seeds mm-hmm. that you knew you knew exactly yeah. what you were doing, and I love it. Um, okay, so that's Will Smith. You, 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 
listen, with the way catcher is, if you got a spot that you want, I, I can understand going to get him. I'm not advocating people completely ignore him. I'm just, I still have my trepidation about rookie catchers. At the same exact time, though, um, if I had, if I actually had a spot where I could have used him and had the budget to go for it, I would have. It, it just turned out that the one league where I couldn't, uh, where I did have a second catcher I could replace, I have like 50 cents to my name, so I couldn't even do anything with yeah. Will Smith. I mean, but, if you're on the fence about Will Smith, I mean, the tiebreaker can always be the fact. Like, it really opens up your ability to change your team name in your league. I knew I knew for sure it wasn't serious, yeah. whatever you were going to say. I just didn't know exactly where it was mm-hmm. going. But just think, sure I mean, were, Will Smith you're setting up and, your own pun. You know, Jazzy Jeff McNeil. Gonna, uh, I, I knew. I just, I just knew it. Yeah, I mean, there, just there's a lot of opportunities with DJ Will Jazzy LeMayhew. Yeah, I mean – there's just so many opportunities with the name Will Smith to throw into your team name that he's worth picking up uh, at all costs. At all costs, yeah, just hundred yeah, percent yeah. fab tra- trade trout. Do what you got to do. <laughs> all right, let's go. Uh, let's go into some deadline chatter here, and instead of going over the same old stuff right now, especially because we're a day away, and I don't want to go over every candidate and all of a sudden have everything be wrong. Uh, we'll limit that's it to exactly three what'll happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll limit it to three things we'll be wrong about. So what we're gonna do is talk about a guaranteed mover guaranteed in quotes uh, and where you know one of the top uh, candidates and we think they're going to move and, and we'll say where a long shot mover someone that has been rumored but is unlikely to really get done when when push comes to shove and then we say where, where we want them to go and then who shouldn't go or who should go but won't and why and I honestly love our picks we did not consult beforehand and those picks are just uh, perfect. So let's start with the guaranteed mover and where I'm going to put Zach Wheeler on Houston. That is the hottest rumor right now. Of course, we're all obsessed with getting any pitcher who is available on Houston or the Dodgers for very obvious reasons. Those are probably the two best teams in the league. And of course, Houston specifically, what they do with pitchers. And Pontar uh, is just amazing. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Verlander, Cole, uh, we know that when they have the foundation of talent, but let's not sleep on what you know Wade Miley's done there and what Colin McHugh did for a big spell and Brad Peacock. It's not just these two. They have a they have a longstanding run here with this organization, with this regime of getting the most out of pitching with their pitch development and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, pine tar because everyone uses that crap. Whatever they're using though. It's, it's industrial not on strength, yeah. It's, just... it's industrial strength and colorless because I, I, I like zero in on Verlander and Cole's hands when they're doing like replays of the close. I'm like, is there anything on there? I don't see it. I'm so they found sure the they just injected clear. into their neck, uh, and then and... it seeps out their pores. Yeah, and, and by the time I, they're done genius. with seven innings, it's out of their system, so they pass the drug test. That's genius. It's, That's it's genius. Amazing stuff like biology that. and chemistry that they've really worked there in Houston and it teaches kids, you know, stay in school. Science is important. Exactly. So obviously they've struggled outside of the two, three, really I'll give Miley credit. He's not on a Verlander Cole plane, but he's been very stable for them in the middle. So they have three guys, but the last two spots have been a nightmare for them. They've tried everybody and everything in their system. They're going to get a piece we don't know exactly who it is, but I'm going to say Wheeler, and that's going to be great for the fantasy outlook. For Wheeler, he could be an AL-only game changer for sure. And something that you hit on earlier about what the returns are, particularly for rentals. If that was the return for Stroman, well, what are they? Re- you know, you're going to have to give one decent prospect 
uh, of note for a Wheeler who's a rental. It's not going to be some top 100 guy. I, I don't think. You know, it's not going to be Kyle Tucker. No, no, That's for darn be like sure. Derek Fisher, who needs a new home anyways, can play center field for the Mets, uh, and then probably. A, a lower end piece. Another Sim- yeah. Simeon Woods Robinson, uh, Richardson type yeah. of guy. Yep, Alex McKenna exactly right. or I mean, I don't even know who, but uh, yeah, I mean. No, that's, that's a good call. I like that, um, uh, especially with the Derek Fisher piece. So that's what it's going to be. I got Houston for uh, Zach Wheeler. Who you got guaranteed moving in where? Uh, Robbie Ray. Uh, I, I just think Arizona. Where are you putting him? I'm going to put him in New York uh, with the Yankees. And... Not with the Mets. I thought they were going to stock their rotation. <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> That'd be just hold I just want them to troll the league. Just like go They've get got Matt nine Boyd starters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got you got Ray going to New York. Um, it's funny. It does sort of tie to the Stroman thing because a lot of the rumors had Stroman going to the Yankees. They still need at least one starter. So you got Robbie Ray going there. Would that improve his outlook for you, or are the home run the home run tendencies of Yankee Stadium? Does that worry you at all with some of the home runs that he's allowed in his career? Yeah, I don't think it's going to improve his value outside of just from a straight wins perspective and having that great offense behind him to kind of pick mm-hmm. him up. Uh, I think that part of his success has been the humidor in Arizona. Yes, uh, and I worry about not having that. Uh, I mean, being. Uh, yeah, I think I think it could be ugly for him. You know, I mean, being left-handed helps, obviously. Sure, mitigate some of that lefty lefty when they're when they're trying to use the short porch there. And, and you know, Robbie Ray, three ninety one, one thirty. He's doing his thing this He's year. Still one hundred seventy three guys and giving up too many homers though, and it's just dude the home run rate. I mean, it's it's getting alarming. One two, one three, one four. This year, one six. So maybe it just stays at an ugly one six. Uh, at, you know, a 20% homer to fly ball. So maybe it just stays here and he can still live in the 390 to 420 range with the ZRA, but it's going to be bad whip. You're just hoping for a boatload of strikeouts and to really snake some wins with Robbie Ray. So I, well, I, I like mean, that. With a guy like Wheeler, you if he, if he went to Houston, you're totally buying even high. Like you're going to pay the yes. price that he's worth just because Houston can do so many amazing things with their pitchers. And Wheeler has performed better than his surface numbers. You know, mm-hmm. the ERA sucks, but the FIP, XFIP, Sierra all say he's been a much better pitcher this year. Uh, yep. And the last start was nice coming off of uh, the IL. Whereas Robbie Ray is a guy that he's going to put on that Yankee uniform. The price is still going to go up because he was traded. He's traded to a team like the Yankees. But this is a guy where I'm selling the moment he's traded. I, I like that. I agree with that. So it's, uh, Zach Wheeler to Houston, Robbie Ray to the Yankees. Let's go with a long shot mover and where they might go. There's been some grinky talk, and obviously the big holdup isn't talent and desire for people to get him, but that exorbitant contract that they that that he has. I think the the Dodgers might get creative here and bring him back into the fold and work something out with the money with the Diamondbacks, and obviously that would lower their cost. I also think there's some deferments though too, so it's not as painful as it looks with the $35 million price tag. I believe it's spread out a little bit more so you can finagle a few I'm things around that. Uh, yeah, l- let me know on that. I thought I heard that somewhere else, and I'd give attribution if if, if I remembered, but I, I just heard it in passing. Um, but how great would it be to get him back with the Dodgers? By the way, did you realize that this was the fourth year in Arizona? It doesn't feel like that to me. For some reason, it feels like the second or third. I, I don't know. It's, uh... No, that, that seems about right because he was in the Samarja Cueto kind of class, and the Giants yeah. were the second. To la- <laughs> That's right. Giants finished second in that race, 
and we were so excited. Um, so, uh, yeah, no, that's, that seems about right. Uh, well, he's been amazing. And getting back on the Dodgers, like, you know, like I said, Dodgers in Houston, there, there's certain teams that anybody they get, you're going to be happy about, and, and it will improve their outlook. Uh, he can't really get better than a 287 ERA and an NL best .94 whip. But, uh, and even the 10 wins in, in 22 games, you don't have any issue with. But all that would probably just hold, if not marginally improve. Uh, volatility alone could maybe move those ratios down a little bit, but you'd be loving getting Grinky with the Dodgers. So they have to work something out with the money, like yeah, I said, but uh, is, I could see it. There is some deferred money, but it still makes him a $24 million a year pitcher. Okay. Uh, and that, and could, that could complicate it. Unless Arizona can throw some money and improve their end of it, right? Because if you throw more money, you can get a better prospect. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I just don't see it happening. I think he's stuck in Arizona. Well, and hence, I think he's okay with shot. that. Like, I don't think he... I think he is, too. I mean, he didn't go to the All-Star game just because he didn't want the attention of going to the All-Star game. Like, like that's... Like, he. this is a guy who deals with real social anxiety and, yeah, and mental health issues, man. and he doesn't want the spotlight. And so maybe he... I don't know if he wants to go back to L.A. L.A. is a place that he became comfortable in, but he was obviously uncomfortable enough where he decided he'd rather go to a place like Arizona for the rest of his career. That's a, that's a fair point on Grinky. Hence, long shot though. Uh, let's let's see yours. I, I like yours here, and and they'd be they'd be well served to get this done. So what do you got here? Uh, Edwin Diaz to Boston, which is something that has been rumored over the last what day and a half or so. Uh, the Mets want to move Diaz, uh, mm-hmm. and Boston desperately wants a shutdown closer, and this is a really good opportunity for them to buy low. I think the sticking point is Boston has nothing in that farm system. <laughs> it's so bad, and obviously this isn't a rental here, so you can't just get away with scraps. You know what they're really going to have to do would have to be get down into the system, so it would be guys that only the real prospect mavens probably know that are are you know wide I don't even open know if there's i mean unless there's, i mean gonna... there's, there's enough to get a relief like every system the war system in the league has enough to get edwin it's diaz really it's just a matter bad. of if you want to give it um yeah I, I said it's really bad no it, it's, uh, it's i mean it, that's, maybe that's they do like Dombrowski. a tristan cassis and a bobby dahlbeck and uh i don't know and Tony uh, Flores, like they're gonna have to do a. Which one of those names did you make up? Because those aren't all. No, players. no, no. I, I, thankfully, two. Two of them. Uh, did you make up two of them? <laughs> thankfully, uh, for roster resource being on our, uh, uh, oh, on so our sick. site uh, now, oh, gosh, it's so much again, easier to uh, just quickly look up uh, like who's in their minor leagues and. Then I just throw out names that I somewhat recognize, like Brian Brown. I mean, he's – oh, wait, no, no, that's just a really common name. Um, so. <laughs> you just recognize it because there's like 42 yeah. of them in the phone I mean, book. they've got some interesting guys like that yeah. could develop you – know, that are in that are in like short – like uh, Nicholas Northcutt is a guy that uh, – he was an 11th round pick. For those who don't know, like the 11th round is like the first uh, point in which they don't have to like slot guys. So got okay. uh, in terms of their contracts, so they can act, they actually tend to you get more guys who are better prospects in the eleventh round than in the ninth or tenth rounds typically. Uh, for you, you get those college seniors before mm-hmm. to save the money, and then eleventh round and twelfth round can mm-hmm. find some guys that you can actually throw a few bucks to. Yeah, so like he's an interesting guy. So maybe they pack. Maybe it's 
not a okay, here is one, you know, a top 50 prospect and a yep. top 200 prospect, but here are four top 300 prospects that um, are all young. That are all young, you know, in low A or or below uh that that have a chance at popping. I, I I totally agree with that. And that's what I'm saying by any any farm system can make pretty much any deal. It's just a matter of if they want to gut the system. Dave Dombrowski is not averse to it though and they still need to do something about that bullpen nathan Ivaldi has not come back and looked strong so far so uh, you know he was never going to be the full answer he was supposed to be part of the answer so they still need to do something there so you got edwin diaz to boston zach Greinke to the dodgers as our long shot moves shouldn't go should go but won't and why nicholas castellanos and i put because we're stupid we being the tigers i'm a we person deal with it um Here's the only way I could kind of like make this not be awful that they wouldn't move him (laughs) is that you talk about the returns, right? You hit on this. If the returns are so slight, maybe you just offer a a qualifying offer and get the pick. Problem is, though, here's the real crux of it. Does Nicholas Castellanos accept a qualifying offer if it's like 18 mil? I mean... (laughs) Why not? Here's so <laughs> like, you're right. I mean, it's gonna be so much more than he's been making. That's kind of the risk here. That's why they need to move him, in my opinion, because I think they might just get under stopped. ten million dollars this year. So, uh, okay, so he's making something. So he would, but that's doubling his salary for a year, especially because this year's been a down year from the last yeah. three. So maybe he could We'd regroup. Take yeah, one at eighteen versus. Three at thirty. I was thinking like three at thirty-five, thirty-six, but yeah, still okay. Sort of range. Let's give him thirty-six. That's twelve million dollars a year, where he can take eighteen for one and try uh, to reestablish his value. He's only twenty-seven. But what's he gonna get at age twenty-nine on the market? I mean, as a as a DH, I think, really. But uh, there's also the questions about the CBA and stuff. So that's true too. It uh, could like, it could who go knows? in his favor. I think there are gonna be a lot of. Uh, teams that are and it's a really really bad market or in terms of like players available i mean remember all these guys have signed these long-term deals to stay with their current clubs because they're afraid of the cba and how that might change uh so i mean this i i think this is going to be kind of one of those really weird uh again i think once again we're gonna have a repeat of last year's offseason where guys just aren't signed so why not just take the qualifying offer, guarantee yourself $18 million for next year, and then once the CBA is all figured out, uh, you go sign a long-term deal somewhere else. Yeah, okay. Uh, I can can see that. Uh, But that's why I'm worried that they won't won't trade him. On the other end, by the way, if they don't trade Shane Green, I don't think it's the same sort of deal because um, his value might not ever be higher. So they need to move him. But who do you have going or won't go? Uh, but should and why? Um, so in the same kind of vein, and like I said, we didn't compare notes necessarily um, <laughs> before we uh, came up with these. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, and it's because we're dumb. <laughs> so, uh, but I think it's the same type of thing we've been talking about this entire episode, which is I think the Giants are more than willing to listen. They've been talking to teams on Bumgarner for the last month. Uh, I don't think teams are willing to pay what the Giants feel they need to have 
in order to appease their fan base. And Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, this guy is a living legend in San Francisco. I mean, he just, you know, single-handedly took the team on their back in a game seven in the world series and, and won it for him. I mean, Uh, yeah, he has such cachet there. Bumgarner does. And if you're just going to get a fringe guy, because I don't think he will accept the qualifying offer. So I think you can offer it to Bumgarner more confidently knowing that you're almost certainly going to get that qualifying offer. And so is that pick better than um, whatever they're going to get in return? And right now it might be, especially with them being close. So they say, let's just, let's just go with this trade one reliever uh, to get rid of some of that depth for maybe a prospect or something, and then just ride it out. Again, we've talked about this already with, with the giants, such a crappy position for them to be in because it's so difficult because the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that their chances of winning, and that's all we can go on, is their chances are are minute. They are just minute. And so, you know, the I understand wanting to be excited about your team if you are if you are a Giants fan, but going off of the you never know what could happen. If that's your only reason to go for it, that's a bad reason. It is, but at the same time, like, and I'm sure you've been in leagues like this where. You go, okay, I don't know if I should buy or sell, you know, and you, you kind of start feeling out the market and you go, I'm not getting any fair deals. So it's like, well, I'm not going to get mm-hmm. any fair deals. Shoot, why not just make some kind of low impact uh, additions and see what happens? Let's just yep. play it out. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make my team or my, uh, my opponents that much better to give myself crap in terms of a rebuild. So you know, why don't I upgrade in the outfield? Why don't I maybe upgrade with a with a kind of minor starting pitcher uh, and then see what happens? And, you know, obviously they're not going to catch the Dodgers or beat the Dodgers in the playoffs, but you never know what happens in a short series, uh, as the Giants have proven uh, in, in previous years. So I think it's the, the wrong decision, and I don't necessarily – or actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rephrase that. I don't think it's the wrong decision now. The wrong decision was not doing this last year. Correct. Was not and, and, moving Bumgarner when he had a year of control. That, uh, that's I agree with that. So I mean, they got themselves in this position, right? They almost painted themselves into this corner. Well, and I mean, you knew years ago that this wasn't an even year. <laughs> I mean, you did know you that. Could the see calendar it on the effing right. calendar, yep. like calendar it actually, right. you know, nine is odd. Um. And you could see that it, you know, there is no even year magic in an odd year. Uh, therefore, you you should have sold. I, I impeccable, impeccable reasoning. By the way, this you is will why not, we are the best podcast in the business. That's true. And you will not uh, you will not finish last in the DraftKings today because I didn't draft a team on accident. So oh, like and you just, didn't like like be reserved. Put, uh, yeah. You why don't you just yeah. put in a bunch of guys that start like. Go stat Colorado. Because I saw the I saw it late that you I can't put anybody I can't, can't add guys edit. once games have started. No, like you have to have somebody in to be able to edit. Oh, At least see, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's a that's a rookie mistake. You've got to just put in a dummy lineup. You're not wrong. Obviously, yeah. I just put a bunch of tigers in because they're all cheap, and then I go and like change them around. That way, if you know. Uh, that way, if the games start, I can still move things around. Good call. Yeah. yeah. I just signed in late. I was running errands today. 
we're, we're doing the podcast later afternoon. I'm just a dipshit. It's yeah, all there is uh, to it. I, I, I'm starting with uh, – I, I went much different than I normally do. Uh, I'm, I'm nursing a lead in, in the Friends of Fantasy Benefits DFS League. Uh, and I went with Rodrigo Lopez and Joe Musgrove as my starting oh, pitcher. Rodrigo Lopez, you're in deep shit for oh, that. Oh, shoot. <laughs> but, uh, there ain't all no Lopez. That's not going to go. Um, and, and Joe Musgrove uh, as like my starting it. pitchers. Both very, very cheap, allowed me to stack uh, Rockies and Dodgers in Colorado, uh, where like the winds it. are blowing out like 11 miles an hour per night uh, yes. uh, tonight, and then stack against uh, Tanner Roark. In uh, in uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, so I like it. I like it a lot. Well, I wish you the best of luck. I will not be doing well. And, um, and I actually I'm remembered too. to make sure not to just pay out one spot, which is not to do one spot. We filled it with fifty, but my my uh, dumb brain did not function enough to make a team. Uh, that's going to wrap us up. I want to promote one thing real quick though. Tomorrow I'm going to be doing a live stream for the trade deadline on Twitch, Twitch.tv/sporer. It'll also be on Periscope, uh, which you can find on Nick's Twitter, at PitcherList. We're basically going to be starting around noon um, Central Time and hopefully talking about a few trades that go off in the morning. That'd be great to, for us to open up with. And then going until the deadline at uh, at 4 Eastern, 3, 3 Central. So I'm really excited about that. And uh, if you yeah. want to come by, come I'm, in and chat I'm and ask us some questions. I'm two podcasts tomorrow. I'm going to be on uh, Fantasy Pros podcast in the morning. Yes. Uh, which I'm sure will drop later that day, and I'll sound really stupid about all the moves that I'm wrong on. Uh, but then I'm doing uh, the Bench with Bubba podcast. Ooh, yes, uh, very nice. Uh, after I think after the trade deadline, like right after. So uh, and you we'll, won't have to. Yeah, we'll, you'll have the answer key. Mm-hmm, we'll talk about all the moves that did or didn't happen. Uh, so um, Bubba's a really good friend of mine, and, and Bobby uh, Sylvester's always a f- fun guy to talk to on Fancy Pros podcast. So no uh, doubt, you know, as long as we're doing shout outs. Yeah, absolutely. So check those out. Be a big day tomorrow. Hopefully we really get some action. Obviously we'll get something, but I'm really hoping for for more aggressive than not. Justin, I'll talk to you uh, later this week. All right. Take it easy.